You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. articulating in a moment like this just the way that that something like that can make you feel thanks Samantha so much I mean she's the the daughter that I always wanted and never thought we'd have and Rachel did all the, the um, all the hard work with with all the teenage years and everything that goes into raising a Raising a daughter, some of you parents who got kids old enough to know what, what I'm talking about um, and the challenges that you faced, and then we got to come along, and it was just a God thing. So it's been, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe more of a blessing to to me than it has been to, to her. So, wow. God's faithful, isn't he? And he's good, and my gosh. Ah. Well, I, I want to share it. I want to start this off with a testimony of um, of God's goodness, Him just being a good dad again. And, and Wednesday night, um, I may not have all the details right, and Donnie can help me out, but he'd had kidney stones for quite a while. Um, how long? Ten years. He'd been dealing with kidney stones for ten years, and it comes to the point to where he was going to need surgery and was going to have surgery actually this past Friday. So I think we'd prayed for him once before, at least once, and then he came in on, on this past Wednesday night, and Nikki was closed in prayer um, after after our group discussion, after Natalie had taught, and we just laid our hands on his, his kidney and, and um, just prayed and released the sound of heaven and the vibration of heaven, and um, man, he went to the doctor on Friday, and, and thankfully they took x-rays before they cut into him. And the doctor said, we can't find the kidney stones. They're, they're not there. <laughs> he just told me, they said, we, could, we, could, we, can't find, we can't see them, but we'll scope you if you, if you want us to. And, and uh, leave that in there for about two weeks, put a stent in there. And he's like, that's going to hurt, isn't it? And he's like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's going to hurt. And he's like, I'll pass. We're good. So at least now doesn't have any pain, so it's evidence of it. I mean, just the love of the Father, you know, just destroying something that was going to need surgery. And man, it's so good. So good. My gosh. <clears throat> yeah. And I want to give some I want to give some practical encouragement to, to you, Sarah. Um, I give some practical encouragement and in, in what I believe is prophetic too. But just you're doing an amazing job with the the worship team culture, the culture of family that you're 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 building uh, within the team. If you guys don't know what it what it is, to, so some people think worship worship leaders or worship pastors um, they just lead songs, and that's so so far from the truth. It'd be like equivalent to saying pastors just preach. You know, it, preaching is 10% of, of what we do, and, and worship leading is probably 10% of, of what she does. And so the, the culture that you have created and are creating, the team that you've created, the family dynamic has just been amazing to, 
to watch and has been an overflow into um, the, the rest of the Revive the World family and the, and the atmosphere that you've created uh, or helped create with everybody else of being conducive of whatever heaven wants to do. And so, yeah, just so, so thankful for you, um, everything that, that you've invested and the things that people don't see and the things that people don't know that you've continued to, to press in with reckless abandon for everything that Jesus paid for. Uh, to me is something that, that Lindsay and I look up to. We really look up to you in, in a lot of ways and admire you so much. Uh, and I felt like I heard this, is that you're a bridge to the broken and a light to the lost. Um, and that you're, you're literally destroying, breaking off lies because you're living um, not only in truth but as truth. That the sound that your body is even releasing as you're, you're walking and when you're around people is destroying the, the blindness um, and, and all the darkness around people, giving them an opportunity to actually see the gospel, to, to see Jesus actually as he is. Um, and it's bringing people into this encounter in, in their, uh, when they're around you in their daily lives, even when they've left being in the atmosphere that you carry, um, that Jesus is able to move in a different way in their lives because you were there. <laughs> and so, Father, we thank you for Sarah. We thank you for everything that she carries. Um, we thank you that there's so much more, but there's increase. Thank you that she stepped into the increase of heaven, and there's just this outflow uh, of everything that she is that's coming out into the world. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the sound that she's releasing, uh, the mama that she is to this family, uh, and the example of what it looks like uh, to be a powerful woman of God. Um, in today's culture and a leader in what you're doing in the earth. And so we bless what's, your, what's going on in your life right now. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Thanks, God. Yeah, we do. We definitely love you. Whew. All right. Man, Father's Day is a, a special day, right? For, for a lot of people and for others, it's not so special. For others, it brings up painful memories and brings up past experience and brings up things that have went on in our life or the lack that's been there. Um, for me personally, when I think of Father's Day, I'm grateful for my dad. I don't know if he's, he's watching this or not. He's probably at church. But um, for the example that he set for me uh, before uh, I even knew who Jesus was or believed that he existed, uh, he was setting a godly example of what it looks like to show up, um, to never, uh, like he's the guy that you can count on. Like my dad to this day, that's one of the main things that I know him for, that if he says he's going to do something or he says he's going to be there, he has always been there. He has always done that. He has always been faithful. He's always been the reliable, dependable uh, one that I could look to. Always been an example of what hard work is, not to shy away from uh, working hard, working long hours to provide uh, for family, um, and, and been the person who, who doesn't complain about it, right? You know what I mean? He, he doesn't complain. He just works hard. Uh, he was, before I had language of what it was to be a powerful person, he was already demonstrating it. He was making powerful choices in his life. And early on, he was telling me that I, I didn't need to do things necessarily that I was I was doing to come out of the lifestyle I was living, and and then we didn't know we didn't know the language of you're a powerful person you can make powerful choices, 
right? And he was, he was demonstrating that to me. He was showing me, you can actually do this. You have it in you. Um, you have what it takes. He was, you know, he was saying all those things to me back before I believed uh, in myself at all. And so I'm grateful for, for my dad's example. But not all of us have that kind of example, right? Not all of us have. But I just, I really feel like that truth is going to empower us today um, because that's what truth does. And truth destroys lies. And tr- truth brings us into the true nature of who we were always created to be. That, that in uh, Psalm 68, 5, I believe it is, uh, that God is called the father to the fatherless. Right? Yeah, so we'll just, just pray real quick. Father, we, we invite you to come. We invite you to come in this moment and to father, father us in this moment. Whatever you want it to look like, we trust you. We thank you for your nature invading this space right now and in, empowering your sons and daughters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for wisdom and revelation in these next few moments of the truth that we need. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. And so the, the gospel actually changes our, our nature and our character when we believe the whole gospel, right? It's the gospel is not just, uh, it is not only good news. It is not only to uh, take us out of a place of being lost and then found. It's not only uh, light that shines into our darkness and, and brings us into a better place in life. It's not just a message you give, that gives us a better life or a, a safer life. Or because that doesn't all happen for all people when, when they believe the gospel. It's not just a message that actually um, takes us from a place of was once going to hell and now going to heaven. It's, it's, it, even though it includes all of those things, it's actually so much more. Is that when I believe the unadulterated gospel of what Jesus came for, that he came to demonstrate. What's it say in Isaiah 9? It's that beautiful passage that we read at Christmas. All right, we, I mean, it's good all year round, but we read it at Christmas all the time, and I love it. It's a prophetic word that's seven or 800 years into the future. I mean, if I could see that far, I don't know if Jesus is going to wait that long, but that's what every generation has been thinking over the last 2,000 years since the gospel came, right? Everybody, every generation is like, Jesus is coming now, the signs of the times, right? The signs of the times have been happening since the, the apostles were here and Jesus ascended. And so I know that it's, it's nearer, but that's just a given because it's practical, <laughs> right? Tomorrow it'll be even nearer, and then the next day it will be even closer, right? It's just, it's just practical, and it's not prophetic. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's just that he is coming, he's coming, all right? And that's not my focus, though. He is, in Isaiah 9, He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. Uh, the government of God will be upon His shoulders and to the increase of His government and His peace there will be no end. And so with God, there is always increase. There's always, from, we go from glory to glory. We talked about that last Sunday. But we are to increase in our knowledge and our understanding 
Not our human understanding, but our spiritual understanding of who we are in Him and who He is to us. They go hand in hand. And when we increase in that understanding, there's increase of the love of the Father that comes through us. But there can be a disconnect when what happens is, is that we can make excuses. We can make excuses for powerless behavior or powerless choices because we believe that we had lack in our life because there was not a father or the way that a father treated us or the way that we grew up around our father because he lived with us but he was absent. And I could bore you with statistics that may or, not be, may or may not be accurate, but I know the reality of the situation is that kids are more healthy when they grow up in a house where there's actually a mom and a dad together, right? That's why the institution was made. There, it's, there's science that, that proves what it does to our brain. I could, I could tell you statistics of how many people go to prison that don't have dads in their household or are young people that get angry and all of those things. And we could throw out all of that and blame. We could shift blame to dads that aren't there or that have repeated the cycle of being absent, of not knowing how to love well and all those. But if we can stop making excuses and turn our attention back to the gospel and say if we actually live out the gospel, that if, even if there isn't a father in the household, if somebody gets in that kid's life that knows Jesus and teaches them who they are, that, they, that the true father will be a father to them in a moment and break off all of what, what may have been a, a victim mentality or all the stuff that can come with the real, I'm not, I'm not saying there's not real pain. I'm not saying there's not real sadness. I'm not saying that there's, there's real reason to behave a certain way, but it's just not as real as the gospel is that when I understand the gospel, that all my excuses actually leave, and I, and I understand that in a moment, what I may have missed out on for a lifetime, He can change. That He can father me in a moment that changes a lifetime of hurt and pain and rejection and abandonment and all those things, is that when He comes into my life, that His love actually destroys all that stuff. And He, I find out that He is the one who makes me whole. I find out He is the one that's everything that I ever needed. I find out He is the one that will never run out on me, never leave me. Never allow me to frustrate him so bad that he withdraws his love from me. He's, he's not a father that, that keeps me at a distance uh, when I'm scary and messy and all those things and I'm making poor choices. He's actually the dad that draws closer to me in those moments. I found out that he's everything that I've ever dreamed of. And then all of those excuses leave and I become the new nature that the gospel says that I already have. The, the gospel deposited a new nature on the inside of every single one of us when we said yes to Jesus. Because if Jesus was the everlasting Father, we'll trace this back and just make it biblical for you, that Jesus was the representation of the Father, and then in Acts it says that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, and so when He comes into me, it, it is as if the Father comes in and lives, it says in John 17, we'll come and make our home in your heart or in your body, in your being. And so when, when the Father, when they set up shop on the inside, do you believe it's possible that there could be any lack on the inside of us? 
right? The only thing that happens is that there's still stuff that goes on in my mind that says there's lack, and the world empowers a powerless behavior, and even sometimes counseling, even... Christian, I've seen Christian counseling do that. They empower powerless uh, behavior. And, and, and f- let me tell you something, that me feeling sorry for you will never do you any good. It, it won't do you any good. It isn't that I can't be sad with you. It says that we weep with those who weep in Romans 12. right? We weep with those who weep, but me feeling sorry for you doesn't empower you. It's, it's just that, that false sense of compassion. <laughs> Come on. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's what we want in that moment. It's just not what we need. Right? And I've done all that. And so it's, <clears throat> it brings us into a new place in our hearts and that our minds have to catch up with the reality of the truth is that I don't need to look for somebody to side with me. I actually need to look to the one who makes me who I am. Right? There's that parable in Luke 15. They call it the gospel within the gospel. A lot of Bibles call it the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. I love with the Passion Translation, uh, the heading of it. You know the headings aren't aren't a Holy Spirit inspired, but they do help us find things at times, and I, I like them, and I, I highlight them too, and especially this one in the Passion Translation, it, it tell, talks about that story, uh, and it says, the loving father. The emphasis isn't actually on the prodigal son, but it's actually on who the father is, because the story is, if you read it in context, Jesus is giving parables in Luke 15, the lost sheep, the lost coin, right, and then he talks about the, the lost son. But all of them have the emphasis on the Father going after those things. Those people within those stories represent the widow who lost the one silver coin, had ten. She sweeps the house like, you know, the sheep, the one sheep that's gone, the other 99 that are still there. Uh, the shepherd it represents the Father. And then the, the obvious one here in the, the loving Father of the prodigal son parable is actually demonstration of what the Father looks like. But one thing I had never noticed before was, man, I just love the truth, right? It's just so good. <laughs> I was talking to Lindsay yesterday, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But I was just, I was like, I was asking her how she was experiencing me in the way of how do you how do you see my how do you, how's this look when I smile at you this way, when I'm, when I'm passing people, right? In public. I, I've, I've got my in public smile. Because, because why, I'll tell you why I'm doing this. It's because I, I am so excited almost all the time now, all the time, is that I don't want to freak people out. I, I don't, I'm like, so how's, how's this look to you? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm so excited about truth, what it's doing on the inside of me. Like it's more, in, I had this talk with, uh, with Siraj um, yesterday, and he's like, man, I'm so, I'm so happy. Some of you guys know him, and he's just a, a fiery young man that Nikki and Owen gave, you know, threw some gas on the fire, and he took off running into all of God's things, and he's still running. He's like, he's like I don't want to uh, 
I don't mean anything by this, but you are uh, older than me. <laughs> He's like 23. I'm like, yes, I am. He's like, you're not a lot older than me. I'm like, I'm quite a bit older than you. I'm like, but I appreciate you being, being respectful. Uh, he's like, but you're still excited about truth. Because he'd heard that you'll just settle in, you know, and after you've been in this so long, you'll just get in the groove and you'll calm down. And basically what they're saying is you won't be on, as fi- you won't be on fire as much. You won't be as passionate. I'm like, how in the world does that happen? <laughs> I'm like, how do I know him more and there not be increase? If there's increase of the government of God, how's there not increase in my life? If I have settled in and my fire has dwindled, it's, there's something that has been disconnected in here somewhere, right? There's, there's a whole list of things that we could name, but I won't go to. There should always be more. And that's what's happening is I'm getting more excited about the truth. It's like, and, and it's not that you're, you know, jumping up and down all the time and but it's always in there. It's because life, it's the abundant life. Like he released abundant life on the inside of us. And so I'm, I'm dialoguing with Lindsay, and she's like, sometimes you freak me out. You're kind of, you're too excited, you know. She's like, you know, because I don't hold back as much in the house, but, I, you know, you're just like, you just feel it's the inner geo. Like the Holy Spirit is inner geo, and that's that word. We get our, our uh, English word energy from it. It comes from the Greek word energio. Holy Spirit power, it's released. How could it not give me energy, right? It's like, I can't even compare it. I can't, you don't understand that caffeine doesn't even do anything to me anymore. I've been drinking coffee so long since I was like 18. It's just, you think, well, he just had a double espresso. I'm telling you that I can drink a double espresso and go to sleep. It's not, it's not caffeine, I promise. (laughs) It's just the truth, right? And so this story of, of the loving father in Luke 15 is that the, the son, the one that we, we constantly focus on, is the son who asked for his inheritance from the father, which in Jewish culture was essentially saying, I wish you were dead. <laughs> and the loving father complies, gives him his part of the inheritance, right? But did you ever notice that he actually gives the other son, the, old, the elder brother, the older brother, he gives the other son his part of the inheritance too. He divides it among them in that moment. So the prodigal son wasn't the only one that got it. And so you know, he, he wastes his money on, on reckless living and drinking and partying, partying and prostitutes and all the things that he did. And he, he comes to his senses and he comes back. And we get a demonstration of the father in these moments. Of that he's always, all this truth that we see uh, that's symbolic, that the father was actually looking, waiting for every prodigal. He's actually waiting for us. He actually runs towards us, right? He, he's all these things. It wasn't us that chose him. He chose us. All these truths that we see, that he doesn't care about the excuses. You know, he, we can come and say we're not worthy, and he just interrupts us ever so kindly and says you were lost, but now you're found. You were dead. Now you're alive. You know, all these things that are just like, yes, it's amazing. And, and then the, the older brother throws a fit, right? He throws a fit, and he won't go inside to the party, which is equipped because he's supposed to be co-hosting the party, which is one of the most disrespectful things he could do, if not the most disrespectful thing he could do in that moment is saying, I'm not going inside because he's supposed to be co-hosting that party with his dad. And he, and he throws this, this, this tantrum, and I know that I've thrown tantrums like this before in, in God, you know, before, before the truth really got a hold of me like this. But I've, I've 
complained to God a lot. I've come out of prayer sessions. Have you ever come out of prayer and felt more depressed? Have you ever come out of prayer and you didn't feel refreshed at all? There was no joy. There was no peace. It was just like, you know, it was 20 or 30 minutes of complaining of all the things that were going wrong. And God, the prayers of God had an answered and all this. And you just feel more, you just feel heavier. You know, it was totally one-sided. I've done that so many times. You just, oh, yelling at God and all that stuff. And all that's, he, he's not afraid of any of that. Like his love is, is so much greater than any of our frustration or any of our complaints or any of our hurt legitimate or otherwise, all that stuff, he's so much greater than all of it. He's not afraid of any of it. You can bring it all to him. You can articulate it any way you want to. You can even be disrespectful if you want to. And he's still going to respond the way that the father did in Luke 15. And he's, he's just going to say to you, look, all that I have is already yours. Like it was, it's as if that that particular son that was already in the kingdom, per se. He was already in the father's house. And he had forgotten all that was already given to him and all that already belonged to him. He was only focusing on what the father was giving to his, well, he called him the father. He's, he's your son, right? If you've had more than one kid, do parents have ever had that conversation before? Well, your son is... You know, you've, when they're acting up, they're the other one's kid. <laughs> well, your son is doing bad in school now. Well, your daughter has been acting out. It's, <laughs> and so that's what the older brother plays as if he's the other parent in that moment. And he's, he says, well, your son has done all of this. He spends all of his money he, he, with reckless living and sleeping with prostitutes. Like, it doesn't mention that at the beginning, but the older brother, I, he doesn't even know what happened. Like, he's just adding stuff to it to make it worse. <laughs> he's just a representation of what happens when hurt comes. It's a, rap- a representation of what happens when my focus is somewhere else other than what the Father has already provided for me. And the Father, ever so gently, just tells him, everything that I have is already yours. And we're going to celebrate we're going to celebrate your brother like we should. It's amazing that celebration actually brings increase and brings an awareness. When I celebrate you, because it's a family business, all right, it proves that when, when the dad brings, has him bring a ring to what was the prodigal son, that ring is, is a representation that he's saying, you have authority to do business in, in the family name or in the father's name. Isn't it great that this is a family business, right? And so when, when your stock goes up, when, you're, when, when there's value that's added, when there's accomplish, accomplishments in your life concerning kingdom things, when you see healings, when you're growing in the prophetic, when you're releasing and writing new songs, or you, or you write a book, or you start a business, or you're excelling at work, you're seeing people saved, right? All, all the, whatever that, all that and more. Uh, me celebrating you, my value actually goes up because it's a family business. And so the, the older brother doesn't, doesn't see that, is that when his little brother's value is going up, when we say, or Leif Hetland says, when his stock goes up, 
right? He sees that little brother's value go up and him getting blessed, and he immediately turns his attention to what he wasn't getting. But if he would have turned his attention in that moment to celebration, it would have added value to his own personal life because that's the way the kingdom works is that we celebrate one another. And when we celebrate one another, it actually brings the awareness of what the Father has already given us, of what's already on the inside of us. I find out that Ephesians 1 thing, right? And and then turn my attention back to, I mean, if you can read Ephesians 1, uh, verses 3 through 7, and just focus in on what the Father has given us, I don't know how you wouldn't almost implode uh, with excitement and love because I see in verse 3 that he chose us. Like literally, he chose us. Like in that moment, I could complain and I could place blame and say, well, I didn't have this and my dad didn't do this and he didn't treat me a certain way. Uh, But the father's saying, I chose you. I chose you before the foundation of the world. I chose you in me to be holy and without blame. Like you are mine. You didn't look to me first. You didn't run to me first. I actually opened your eyes and I've been yelling since the beginning of time. I've been yelling that you are mine, that one day you will know me, that you're everything that I've been dreaming of, not only uh, what you've been dreaming of, but I'm every, you're everything that I've been dreaming of. And, and we start to see that he, he made us to be holy, that he forgave us of everything that we've ever done wrong. And then he actually forgot it. It was at Hebrews uh, 10.28. There's also, and I believe it's a quote out of Psalms, but he is, he is it's Hebrews 8.12 that he forgave everything that we ever did. It brings light to Hebrews 1.3 that he chose us to be holy and without blame. Like, how's that possible? I've done all these things wrong. And you're talking about all the things that you've done wrong. All the thing, I'm talking to him about all the things I've done wrong. He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You're like, he's God. He knows everything, right? But he chose to forget every sin that you've ever committed. Isn't that amazing? Like the moment you ask for forgiveness, it's completely gone. It's obliterated. You're like, well, I'm just a sinner. How's that even possible? You don't have sin anymore. You don't even have what, what you say that you are. It's not you. you. <laughs> That's how we get set free from sin is that it becomes eliminated from our lives in Christ. And he says, you don't have that anymore. You don't even have that nature anymore. And all those things that you had done wrong, they are completely gone. And now I see you robed in righteousness. The father gives, not only does he give the prodigal son a robe, he gives him his own robe. If you read it in the Passion, it says that I give him him a robe. Well, he's got beggar's clothes on, right? He's a mess. He says he doesn't have any shoes on because beggars didn't wear shoes. And he says, give him a robe, but not only that, but give him mine. And it's just symbolic that he wraps us in Christ because that's what he always intended us to be. It wasn't because he felt sorry for us. That's what the Father doesn't do and what we're not supposed to demonstrate. He actually does something about it. Because feeling sorry for people doesn't help them, doesn't empower them but actually stepping out in the compassion that the Father has because we have His nature will cause us to do something about it. 
right? Seems super spiritual to feel sorry for people. But the father says, no, let me wrap you in something that's going to change your life. Not only change your life, but change who you were never supposed to be in the first place. It's so good. He predestined us to be sons and daughters of God. Sometimes people think, that's in verse 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters of God. Do you know that in, and I think that I'm right on this, that at least this is the way that it used to be. When you adopted a son into, in Hebrew culture, adopted a son, that it was impossible for them to be written out of the will. They were not able to be written out of the will. You could write a natural child out of the will, but you couldn't write out an adopted child. I mean, come on. That doesn't make me want to live crazy and sinful life. It actually makes me fall more in love when I realize that that's what he always planned for my life. That it wasn't just a, a mercy mission by Jesus. It wasn't just he was coming to rescue me. He was actually doing this because before the foundation of the world, it's what he always wanted to do. He always wanted you and I to be sons and daughters. He always wanted us to be fathered by him because he knew what it would do for us, not what it would do for him. Because that's what good fathers do. right? I, I'm not looking for, for praise because of what I do for people that I get to parent. I'm looking for the value that it can add to their lives and how it can empower them to be everything that they were created to be. Because we all need somebody to believe in us, right? I love what Steve Backlund says is that we, we get saved because we believe in Jesus, but we actually live a supernatural life because we believe like Jesus. But you know what Jesus believes? He believes in you. He believes in you and I more than we believe in ourselves. Because look what he did to the, to the disciples or to the apostles. These guys are super messy. Right? They, they're super messy, super dysfunctional. And he sends them out in power and authority. He's like, here, have authority. Have you, have you, have you ever navigated a, a supernatural culture where you're empowering people? Not just to try to be good people, right? That, that can be messy enough in and of itself when you're trying to help them control their behavior because that was never supposed to happen in the first place. Right? We raise them to be powerful people then those choices actually just go away because they start making the right ones. Navigating that can be messy enough, but then you tell people you can actually bring healing to the sick, you can cast out demons, you can raise the dead, and you can preach the gospel. Not in 20 years when you really know it, but right now, the moment you get saved. Like right now, you can go preach the gospel. The demonized man gets delivered from a whole legion of demons, and, and he says, let me follow you. And Jesus says, no, tell your story. Go tell your story. to your, Go evangelize to your city. You're like, he didn't go through schooling or anything. He doesn't have a degree. I didn't, he didn't get ordained. I don't know if we can trust him. Are you sure that we should? Could you imagine the disciples and the people? I mean, the people were freaked out, like, they were cool when this guy was breaking chains and was crazy demonized. And then he's sane in his right mind and clothed because he was running around naked, right? Chains were not the only thing he was ripping off. And so he had ripped all his clothes off. He's just, just a psychopath out there in the tombs. And he's sane in his right mind. And the townspeople were like, no, 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 no. 
this is not right. Get out of here. It just shows that not everybody celebrates the transformation in your life, but it, it not, it's not supposed to affect how I treat people by the way that they treat me. <laughs> you know where I get that from? Him. From my new nature in Him. Because no matter how I treat Him, no matter how I treat the Father, His response is to love me. His response is to love me into everything I was created to be. His response, even if it's correction, it brings me closer to Him. It brings me more into what my destiny is and everything that He predestined me to be as a son. And so Jesus empowers all of these messy people. He, he comes with authority. All these guys has, had abandoned Him. At, at the, you know, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, they all cut out, Right? John comes back with his mom to the cross. Right? That's when Jesus, Jesus empowers John. John's like, like 19. All of them were teenagers, except for possibly Peter, because Peter was married in Jesus, Jewish culture. By the time you were 20, you should be married. By the time you were 15, you start working. By the time you were 20, you were married. And Peter was the only one that we see that was married, so the other ones, we just assume that they appear to be teenagers. 17, 18, 19 years old. And so Jesus trusts this 19-year-old kid with his mom. He hadn't demonstrated anything but an incredible amount of zeal by wanting to call down fire on people. <laughs> and an enormous amount of pride by wanting to be seated on the right hand or the left, right, of Jesus. Like he doesn't really know what's going down. He doesn't know anything. So let's trust him with your mom. She's not just any mom. She gave birth to Jesus, right? <laughs> I'm not you saying you should pray to her or worship her. I'm just saying that she was impregnated, you know, immaculate conception. I'm just going to stop before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> this is grown-up conversation I probably shouldn't have publicly. And so... Uh, <laughs> But he, he, trusts, he trusts us, right? He trusts us oftentimes more than we trust ourselves. He gave the disciples in Matthew 28 all the power and authority in heaven, right? All of it had been given, all, heaven and earth, all the authority has been given to me. Now, go. I give it all to you. They had not demonstrated that they would be faithful, they had not demonstrated that they could even stay awake for an hour and pray with Jesus when he was getting ready to get crucified. They, they had not demonstrated that they would be with him to the end, right? They hadn't demonstrated any of that. They had demonstrated quite the opposite in their lives. Aren't you glad that Jesus isn't, isn't keeping tally of all the things that we do wrong? Because love keeps no record of wrongs. <laughs> That's our new nature too. <laughs> love keeps no record of wrongs it's good isn't it <laughs> hurts so good but it's the truth and and so and, and that's that's another thing it's like it's like the elder brother and, and i'm focused on this thing that i want to hold on to this wrong that i want to keep record of and he's he's telling me don't do it 
not because he's caught up in a list of do's and don'ts, but he's, he's pointing to, he's like, this is, your, this is not your nature. You actually have the grace to not hold on to that. You're just choosing to hold on to it. You're actually holding on to something in a nature that you weren't created to carry. It's a powerless nature. It's not doing you any good. I don't even believe, he's, I don't even believe that when he tells us to forgive other than we're demonstrating the nature of the Father, that it's ever for the other person. That it's, it's for us because when I hold on to that, it won't allow me to love that person. If I can't, if I can't be loved to the world around me, that's what causes me to miss the mark now. Because sin's off the table. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We always use that as, well, when you mess up, you've just messed the mark. When you sin, when you look at this that you're not supposed to, or you say this that you're not supposed to, or you, you do all this, what if it was just that I didn't love? That I didn't look like love in this situation? It misses the mark of everything that we were created to be. So he believes, he believes that we can be love. <laughs> he believes that we can live a life that looks just like the Father. He knows it, not just believes it. He, be he knows that we can heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. He knows that we can preach the gospel from the moment that we give our lives to Jesus. Right? He knows that we can live out of this new nature. And it's all the time. He's constantly, he's emphasizing the truth of who we are. And for far too long in Christianity, it's, it, it's been said that God is focusing on our behavior. What if he was never focusing on our behavior in the first place? What if he was always focusing on our nature? He wanted everybody to see the nature that he represented in Jesus. That's why it says that he came. He's the stamped out copy. He's the exact representation. Hebrews 1.3. You can look at it in Colossians 1.15. Look at it in John chapter 1 verse 18. All of those things. All those things are a demonstration of how he says we can live. That's what we have on the inside of us. That's the nature that we have on the inside of us. It says we can do. He's like, not, not only can you live like that, but you can. You can change the world. That's what he was telling the disciples. You can change the world. You can disciple nations. They couldn't even disciple themselves. And they, he's like, and he's like you can disciple nations. He didn't say cities. He didn't say people groups. Literally, in Matthew 28, he says, you disciple nations. The whole thing. I mean, come on. That is, why is it so hard to believe that he's focused on, uh, that he's not focused on my behavior? That's just what I'm feeling. That's just what I'm feeling in the room. That's why it looked like I went from this point to something that didn't make any sense at all. But I, I feel it. I, maybe it's online. It's just like, I can't, it, why is it so hard for us to believe that he's not focused on my behavior? That he's not up there with a sheet marking whether or not we do something wrong. He's not caught up on anything that I, that I do in the sense of my, my behavior that I'm displaying. 
my choices that I'm making. I'm not saying that he doesn't care. I'm saying he's not focused. Because when when you focus on the characteristics that somebody is displaying, I look like the elder brother. I look like the elder brother, and all I can focus on is everything that he did wrong. But if the father would have focused on everything that he'd done wrong, the disrespect that he had showed him, he had told him he wished he was dead. That's what he said when he asked for his inheritance. Right? If, if, he, if the father would have been focused on the prodigal's behavior, he never would have been waiting and watching for him to come home. He caught him before the city gates. Because when a son leaves home like that, when he tries to come back, it was known by Jewish history that they would come out and they would actually break like clay pots and they would say, shame on you. And so the father hikes up the garment that he's wearing and shows his leg because that's the only way you can run in one of those things, right? He runs to the son, which proves that he had been watching and waiting for him every single day. Every single day, he's watching and waiting. He takes, he's like, that's why the father's like, I took your shame. I took your pain. I took your condemnation. I took it all. Just let, just let go of it. Just quit focusing on it. Just realize that it's not there anymore. Just realize that I'm not sin-focused. Jesus took care of sin. Is that I've actually made you a powerful person that doesn't even have sin nature any longer. That you're actually love in nature. That all the things that I show you in my word are actually true about you. That everything that you were always destined to be in me is already in there. That you don't have to focus on what you don't have because you have so much that you'll never exhaust it all in this lifetime. He's like, you're a world changer. You're an influencer. You are love. You look just like Jesus. Everything that he did, you can do and more. Like all of that is true about you and I. Isn't that amazing? Is that too much truth? Was that? I don't want anybody to OD on truth, right? If you need to be resuscitated, I just told you all can raise the dead. So we'll get you. Your safe place to fall out and OD on truth. Come on. All lies have to die in the presence of truth. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I can't I can't keep going. It's just too much. It's too it's just yeah. <laughs> I just, I just really believe this. I, I really believe this about all of you, all of you that are watching, everybody that's going to watch this, is that today everything changes in our focus. Like today everything changes in us believing uh, the inheritance that we have in Christ. Like he gave us an inheritance, right? It's symbolic again of that story of the loving father in Luke 15. He gave us an inheritance, and aren't you glad that inheritance isn't just cash, right? Some of you are like, I don't know. I'd like to have some cash. 
That's why I leaned over and told Lindsay, everybody gets excited about checks in the mail and those declarations. I'm like, there's some stuff in there that's way better than checks in the mail. <laughs> I'm like, greater anointing, right? Like, I'm like, more favor. I can open more doors for more people. I'm like, yes! <laughs> it, because he has trusted us with the inheritance of heaven. It tells us in Galatians 4 in the Passion in verse 7 that he has given us full access to all that he has. We have full access to all that the Father has. Like he didn't lock the fridge when you're, when you're I've heard of stories like that. Like, the, you know, parents that keep certain food in certain places, hide food in the rooms and, and do things like and neglect children. You know what I mean? It's true because... Well, for teenagers, sometimes that would make sense because they can eat you at a house and home. But uh, <laughs> you hope that you have neighbors that like to invite them over for dinner, right? So you can share the, <laughs> the grocery bill, <laughs> especially young boys. We, like, I just ate like there was no tomorrow. I, <clears throat> I can still do it. I just don't so that I can fit in all the clothes that I bought. My gosh, I mean, he's, he's not locked anything up. He's not keeping anything good from us. Like, is, the moment we get saved, that full access to everything that the Father has is there. It's your birthright. It's your, your big brother Jesus, your Lord and Savior Jesus. He's like, here, here's the keys. You got full access, everything that you want. You're like, he's not scared of you messing up the kitchen. He's not scared of, of you leaving stuff laying out. He's not afraid of any mess that you and I could possibly make. Now, let me tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you have permission to be a messy person forever. I'm saying that you can be messy, and then you learn how to clean up your mess because the power that you and I carry can raise the dead, so surely it can make an apology, right? Or surely it can help me with good behavior, right? Because sometimes in supernatural culture, we can focus on how power just demonstrates supernatural things. I think that there's nothing more supernatural than godly character. <laughs> is that when I actually grow up into being a mature person, which is what love does. 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. He was saying that when we realize our true nature in love, that it actually matures us into People who are responsible, because that's what love is. No matter how old we are, you can be mature and responsible at any age. I believe that some of the kids that are growing up right now in, in this house, the parents that are raising them, that they'll, they'll be preteens and they'll be as mature as, as some of us were in our you know, 20s and 30s. Yeah, they'll already know how to be responsible with love. They'll already know how to make powerful choices. They'll already know how to clean up their messes. They already know what it looks like to demonstrate uh, just being, being, being actually sorry and, and then cleaning up that mess and then not doing it again. Our kids are, you know, right? Your, your guys' kids, they're all going to they're gonna be like that because love matures us. And so I'm not saying that it doesn't mature us. I, I'm just saying it, it's important for us to know who the Father is and not be like the elder brother that did not know what he already had. Because when I know what I already have, I see his nature. <laughs> it's like, you know, what, you know what we need every time we get together is just the encouragement, the empowerment, and for, for heaven just to come and drown all of the lies 
in the room. <laughs> like you feel it, the river gets so deep and you're just like, hold me under Jesus until all the lies. There's no more bubbles from the lies. <laughs> They're all gone. Because <laughs> me believing lies is only hurting the people around me. Because love gives. Even on a day where I'm to be celebrated, my focus is, isn't to be making sure that someone celebrates me. Because heaven celebrates me every day. Heaven celebrates you every day. Like it's your birthday, but better. <laughs> it really does. We, it's, it, all this truth, when my mind, because our minds can still go there of wanting to feel sorry for myself, of all those things, I realize my, the temptation of my mind, it's still possible for it to go places that it's not in thinking of like a victim mentality thought or I feel sorry for me thought or I didn't have that or how why'd they get this or you know it's possible that temptation still comes to believe something that's not true but when I hear the truth of why you know if, if the elder brother would have got that he would have seen the father celebrating the younger son and he would have jumped in on the celebration because he'd have realized he's already being celebrated it's those little things that destroy lies. What's practical application to this? Read things like, read Ephesians 1, 3 through 7 and put, your, put yourself in there. And realize what you already have access to. Let it lead you to other truths. And it will show you how powerful you already are. It will show you that heaven has, has spent everything to empower you. The grace of God empowers us to be everything that we've seen Jesus model and more. That's what, that's what John 14, 12 says. We'll do greater works. I don't even know what that looks like, right? <laughs> I'm happy when the works of Jesus are done, when kidney stones disappear or, you know, legs grow out or deaf ears open or any of those things. I'm, I'm just like flabbergasted when that happens. So I don't know what that'll look like, but we're going there, right? That's, uh, that's our inheritance. Our inheritance is more. Our inheritance is more. Our inheritance is more. It's always more. He's an excessive father. He's excessive. Did you see how he had Solomon build the temple? He's an excessive father. He really is. Some people would say, oh, that's waste. He said, no, that's just how I am. That's why he sent his son for us. That seems excessive to people, right? Just remember when people ask you, why would a loving father send his son to die? It was a co-mission. They had agreed on it before the foundation of the world. <laughs> he didn't make him go. Love did. <laughs> he wanted to go, not reluctantly, but in anticipation of sons and daughters knowing who they would be so that we could be in this thing together. I was reading right before we started, I believe it's in Ephesians 2, around verse 20. It says that the foundation of this whole thing was, was laid on the apostles and prophets, Jesus being the chief cornerstone, that we are being fit together as the family of God, as a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. See, there's that scripture in 1 Corinthians 6 that talks about, First or 2 Corinthians 6, it says that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But there's something so much better 
that when the family of God realizes who they are and we come into this thing together through relationship and the Spirit of God actually increases because that's His will. Remember, the government of God, there will be no end. So stand with me. (laughs) He believes in you. I was asking the Holy Spirit what the Father was saying before we get started. You know, I'm just like, hey, what's he saying? What's he doing? That's what Jesus modeled. And he just kept repeating these truths to me. I believe in you. I'm everything you've ever dreamed of and more. I'm what you really need. I've made you whole and complete. I released love on your brokenness and healed it. The residue of the pain is leaving today. Everything that you've been taking that's felt like arrows from the enemy stops now. You're raising up your shield. You'll see that you've got what it takes. You don't have to call for intercessory prayer that you can actually stand up in the power of who you are in this moment. You can have them pray, but have them pray into everything that you already are, not everything that you need. (laughs) Why would I pray for black? I could just ask for the more of what's on me, right? He's smiling down on you today. He's, He's pouring out heaven for you today. He is just overjoyed that you're his kid. He's the happiest father. Some of you got caught up on the intercession thing, didn't you? It's okay. I'm not saying don't do it. We just do it with the right perspective, right? Joe's learned that. I've watched him pray. He's an, he's an intercessor. All right, I, I've, I've sat with him mornings early, long before I wanted to be up. And he was, he'd show up to the building. We'd pray. and I think Linda would be the only person who would show up sometimes. And it was just real, real just stupid early right it's just like you're like I don't even know why I'm up this early but I feel like it's obedience right now <laughs> and it was it was it was obedience and 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 I listened to Joe pray and I listened to him pray from a place of knowing who he is a, a place of of knowing that we have the abundance of heaven not from a place of lack not from a place of hoping that I can get something from God if he'll just give me some crumbs off the table when he's like everything's already yours it's a feast. It's a feast. It's better than Thanksgiving every day. With turkey or tofu or whatever you like, you know? <laughs> Just <laughs> vegan, vegetarian, meatitarian, whatever you are. He's celebrating it all. He is. I mean, I know, I know that we've, we've hopefully had some, had some fun today, but, but this is the truth that sets us free, right? Laughter's like good medicine. I believe it helps truth go down and do its perfect work in us. <laughs> I'm not asking you to be as excited as me. I didn't ask to be this excited. All I asked was to know him more. I just want to know you more. Like it's not complicated. Just want to know you more. So in this moment, that's what I want to just pray. 
just want to, I want to pray. Joni, you're going, you're going back to California with a full tank. I was like God was giving you, you know, like you see on those F-150s or F-350s, you know, you see dual tanks on some of those, those trucks or bigger trucks. God's giving you not, he's not, I wasn't saying you're lacking in, the, in your current tank. He was actually adding another tank uh, that he was filling up. And I saw grace and truth filling up this tank in such a way that it was, it was going to bring breakthrough. There's been specific people that you've targeted with truth that you've been around, your co-workers, people that you've been around on a regular basis, and you've been waiting for moments for truth to set them free. And it's like what you carry, the increase of it is going to overflow on them in an even greater way than it already has and going to bring them breakthrough. And I felt like that part of, your, part of your calling on your life is to bring family back together, to bring healthy family back together, to bring family into a healthy place by bringing them back together through kingdom principles, that there's this special wisdom that's on you to show people that are in, um, that are against one another, that got beefs against each other, that got bitterness against each other, to actually get them in the same room and, sh and work things out by truth and love. And it's going to break things that have been over family lines for generations of unforgiveness and bitterness and people being scorned and hateful towards one another, um, that the truth you carried, that the things you've prayed for for family restoration are coming true, that you're really going to see this thing, man. I could see this rug that was, it was like the red carpet was laid out for you and, and all the way down it, it was written faithfulness. That the faithfulness of God that you have displayed in every season that you've been through, even when you felt like you didn't display faithfulness, God called you faithful. <laughs> that you still hung on and you're like, I don't care what it looks like, I'm still going to believe this truth in my heart. And God's laid out the red carpet. And not only is the celebration of heaven upon you, but it's actually bringing you into this place of celebration in new ways, specific celebration over people that are in super messy situations. Like you've already got a hold of this prophetic thing where you see the golden people. You've been doing that for years now, and I've watched you, and it's just been incredible. But there's this celebration piece that God is adding to it. Um, and what it's going to do is I feel like it's going to actually break things off of people where before you were praying them off, now you're going to celebrate them off. It's just going to like, bam, and that, that addiction is going to come off of them. Messy lifestyle is going to come off of them. That sexual stuff that's on them is all going to be broken off. Man, I just, <laughs> I see the, oh man, I don't want to, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. Let's <laughs> see the grace of God on your life. I saw you walking through this red light district, man. I saw you walking and wisdom would say all kinds of things in this moment, but I know heaven looks at it differently, and so I'm not going to give you practical wisdom because you're a mature man of God and you know what to do. But, but there's, I saw you walking through wet red light districts and you weren't even praying for people. It's that you were just, it was like with every movement, peace was coming out of you. The shalom of heaven was coming out of you. And it was destroying the sin and the darkness that was in that area. And in moments, uh, there were, uh, <laughs> yeah, there were people's lives that were being changed. Men, women, kids, children. Yeah, I just saw you in these red light districts where lives were being changed. Perfect love drives out all fear and you 
are in perfect love. And you release perfect love everywhere you go. Yeah. Yep. Transvestites, cross-dressers, all the people that God's already given you a heart for. I saw shame and condemnation and lies being broken off of them. I saw the love you release actually bringing them into truth without you even sharing truth. Truth that was told to them when they were little or other, the gospel that other people have shared with them is that the love that you, you release and that you're going to release to them is, is going to make truth where it can be digested. <laughs> yes, Father, thank you for the celebration over your son. Thank you for a faithful, God, a faithful minister of the gospel. We get to be a part of this amazing, powerful son's life. Thank you that he's a son of this house. And, all that he's demonstrated and all that he's, he's been to us and the encourager. And man, thank you for the way that we've, the privilege of getting to watch him grow, grow past us. And thank you, Father. We just, we just fan into flame. That's what we're doing now. We just fan into flame more of the gifts of God on the inside of you. And just say, continue to go, 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 go. You've got all you need, go. You've got all you need. Go. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I'm blessed what you're doing in your incredible son. I say more fire. More fire. Fire on him, God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Father, for everybody else in the room, I thank you for truth, Lord, obliterating every lie. I thank you for the truth that we already know. I thank you for the things that we need in this season to, to remember and to be uh, go over and over in our mind that we'll make declarations out of them, that we'll, we'll do our part, that we'll be disciplined as sons and daughters of God and, and the prophetic words that have been spoken over us about who we are, that we'll no longer uh, set them aside as if they were just identity words, but we'll, we'll realize that they were uh, love letters to us that were drawing us deeper into your heart. And so thank you, Father, for even truths that we thought were hard before becoming something that we see with new eyes. Thank you, Father, for the celebration of heaven over every person in this room that every one of them are powerful, that every one of them have been empowered, that they've got everything that they need, that the, kings of, the keys of the kingdom have been given to every person. And they've gotten full access to run wild and free into everything you created them to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you that love is our new normal. <laughs> Thank you for love being our new normal. Thank you, Jesus. Peace. 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 To every heart. To every heart. I thank you right now in this moment. I just feel the Father in the room. For everybody that needs fathered into, you feel like there was lack or whatever it was, that the Father is going to father you in this moment in, into everything that you already have. Love you into everything that he already had created you to be. 
remind us again that we're whole, that he's filling every void in this moment, that there's no more lack for everybody online. There's no more lack from this point going forward of what you did or didn't have or how they treated you or how this went or because they weren't there because the Father has always been and always will be there. And in this moment, I just see him hugging people. Hugs of wholeness. <laughs> His hugs release wholeness. His hugs release wholeness. So thank you for wrapping your arms around us today, Father. For being the father that's a family man that gets down and plays with his kids. That never misses a moment. That celebrates us in every season. That has taken limits off of our life that we've put on there. <laughs> thank you. That's another thing I heard him saying. There's no more limits on your life. Yeah, there's this crazy story. I'll, I'll, I'll really end with this. But I kept seeing bobby pins. And I don't have enough hair to put any in there. And so, and, and three times in a row, I found I don't carry change because I don't use cash. It was, I had, I had one coin. I would find, I had a coin and I found it in the washer with a bobby pin. I'm like, that's weird. Then I found one in my pocket, a bobby pin and a coin. I'm like, that's strange. And I, in the bathroom, I found, a, I found another one. There's a bobby pin and a coin. I'm like, this is getting weird. What do you mean? He said, you're not, he said, change is coming. You're no longer pinned down to what you thought you could do. I'm like, man, God's just cool like that, right? He can just take a bobby pin and a coin and make a life-changing word out of it. And that's his word over you today. That change is here, not just coming. And that you're not pinned down or you're not restricted or you're not limited to the things that you thought. This is all I can be. This is all I can do. This is my path. This is the education I have so I can only go this far. This is my family line. This is the name that I've had. These are the, the skills that I have or the abilities so I can only do this. It's just not true. He's lifting limitations off of us today. He's empowering us anew with grace and love. And showing us that he really, really, really believes in us. And so, Father, we thank you for believing in us when we couldn't believe in ourselves. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Prayer team, if you guys want to come up, we want you guys to get prayer if you need it. You need healing in your body. If nobody's held the lies of your life underwater long enough, you need somebody to share some more truth with you. Drowned out lies. Whatever you need, there's no need too small, too big. We just want to bless you. Thanks online for being with us. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Some of you, I know you still can't come because of compromised immune systems and things like that. We just want you to know we appreciate you tuning in like this. We just pray more over your life for this time of being more isolated would actually create even more intimacy than you've already got in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, God. Man, he's good, isn't he? My gosh. My gosh, he's good. <laughs>
All right. Bless you guys. We love you. If you, if you don't need prayer, would you please say hi to somebody you, you don't know. Learn their name, word association, or however you remember them. I, I worked pretty hard to, try, to remember names. <laughs> yeah, say hi. Celebrate somebody. If you want to be brave, give them a prophetic word, even if it's one word or two words, something encouraging. Bless you guys. Hope that we see you. See you on Wednesday, and happy Father's Day to all, all you dads. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.